you know, a lot of people have problems and really that's when people are going to really want to know answers or solutions. And if you like, you have a business that has a solution for a problem, you're going to be successful. You just have to get that message out there that you can help them. You're listening to Dr. Corinne Weaver, a small town chiropractor with a thriving practice outside Charlotte, North Carolina, and a message that's reaching the whole country and beyond. That message is her mission to help 1 million children get off unnecessary medications. And she's doing it through books and media appearances on TV, radio, and podcasts. And today you'll learn how she did it and how you can do the same because Dr. Corinne is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Corinne Weaver, a chiropractor who started her practice as a one-woman show that grew to a larger practice in North Carolina. She's also an author of two books, well-received books, I'll say, and has appeared on many television, radio, and online shows. And although Dr. Grin is no longer a solopreneur, technically, I invited her on Solopreneur Success today to share how she used these different techniques to bring her message to the public and quickly grow her business. So Dr. Corinne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I'm thankful that you do chiropractic work. I, I go to chiropractic with my family every week or every two weeks now. It was every week originally. And it's been a great help to our family. But I, I'd love to hear about what brought you into that journey of chiropractic. Well, I had a really bad bike accident when I was 10 years old, uh, where I landed on my head and busted out my front teeth. And from then I developed all these health health issues, mostly with breathing. So I had really bad asthma and allergies. And a lot of people don't think that a head trauma or a bike accident can create asthma and allergies. I mean, we're kind of raised with, you know, you have a problem, you look in your medicine cabinet, and you start popping pills. And so that's what my parents knew best. They took me to the best asthma and allergy specialist. And I had tons of allergy shots. And I lived in a bubble, couldn't go outside when people were mowing the grass. And so I just kind of lived this childhood as taking drugs and, you know, having issues with breathing. And so my uncle, he has a really kind of neat story. He's known as Amazon John, not because of Amazon.com, but because of Amazon Rainforest. And he would come from the Amazon Rainforest and he would bring in plants like uh, Unadegado. I don't know if you've ever heard of that cat's claw, or he would bring in like eucalyptus and all these things. And so he would make me some herbal teas. And from the barks and the plants, I would breathe in these teas as a small kid. And I was like, hmm, there's something to this like plants healing versus all this medication and steroids that I was on. And then he got a really bad, um, he got in a bad car accident and fractured his spine. And I was able to, because he did not, you know, he did not want to take any drugs, any painkillers. This was like late 90s. And they thought he was crazy, you know, they didn't really have any natural health food stores back then like we do today. And so he's like literally just bringing herbs and he's having me lay herbs on his back. And he said, I had healing hands and I should be a chiropractor. And I fell in love with just the philosophy of chiropractic. You know, I went to school based on the philosophy alone that our bodies could heal. So I was like, wow, I can get all these drugs. And uh, so that was just like very enlightening for me. And so I went into school, learned about chiropractic. And when I got my first adjustment, 
that changed everything for me and led my kids to have natural, you know, be able to not have drugs, say no to drugs, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and it's funny, you know, this is not a health show, but I got to say, you know, chiropractic has made a, a really big difference in so many ways in our family. And I think people don't realize just how much the nerves that actually your spinal column, if you get a subluxation, you're you're going to have, which is basically we get, you're getting a nerve that's being tweaked by coming out of your backbone because it's narrowed uh, space. Um, right, right. Not just not just pain, but like you said, it, it causes all kinds of things because everything in your body runs from your brain to your central nervous system out to your organs, everything. And so it definitely makes a difference by keeping your spine properly aligned in a chiropractic visit can help do that. And so I do encourage people to do that. And the natural medicine approach, I, I love that as well. And I, I do a lot of writing for natural health. And so I'm definitely an advocate. And I appreciate that about you. It's great how you got into chiropractic, but you started, I believe you said as a one woman show originally, right? Yeah, pretty much started by myself. You know, I, I started with another chiropractor and then she um, ended up leaving. And so I was just kind of running the show by myself uh, with a family. And I believe with anything, you know, we all have this passion. We all have this mission that we're supposed to be here on this earth. And so, you know, a lot of people now they're looking into chiropractic, but not really in my area. I'm in Charlotte and I grew up in Charlotte and there wasn't a big, you know, it's not like California where everybody's into natural healing and drinking their juice shots every morning. You know, people are just not into thinking about health. So I literally had to go out and tell my message and speak in front of people and, you know, get them to be open-minded about health. Because like I said, we've been not brainwashed, but we do think that if something happens to us, we got to, you know, reach out and look for those drugs. So ever since day one, in order for me to grow a practice for, I've been in practice for 15 years and seeing thousands of patients. And now like yourself, I'm also writing different articles and you got to be passionate about what you do. And especially if you're trying to sell whatever business that you may have or what you have offer, if you don't have any passion about it, then that person's not going to buy what you're buying into, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. And so I know today we're talking about the, the business component of it instead of really the health component of it. And really what really got my business really kind of up and running um, was really telling my story over and over and over again. And then I'm like, you know what, I should write a book. And that was just kind of a thought I had about three years ago. And I was like, you know, it's the same questions I get on a daily basis. Why don't I write those down and start kind of formulating a book? And I wrote a book pretty quickly. It was within about six weeks. I wrote my first book called Learning How to Breathe. And it was really my journey and my story and how I've helped patients um, with different ailments to do like essential oils and how to rest and sleep and stress management and you know all those things that we need to know on a daily basis just to make it through the day, right? So that was a start. And it doesn't have to be, and what I thought about first, you know, me being a doctor, it's like, does do I need to spend years? You know, I have some doctor friends that are like, how did you write a book so quick? And, you know, I would spend years like with all the analyticals behind it. And I'm like, just do it simple. It doesn't have to be so hard, you know? And that's why people loved my book because it was simple. So that book was so good. I just felt led to do another book when my good friend's child got diagnosed. She, he, he got diagnosed with autism and she's like texting me every day. What should I do about this? What should I do about that? And so I was like, oh, I need to write another book. And that's when I wrote the No More Meds talking about, you know, children with learning disabilities, with ADHD and autism, and again, the asthma and allergies. And that's just the A's with diagnosis. <laughs> There's a lot of diagnoses out there, right? But, you know, just talking about what we can do and what solutions are there, you know, to offer people without depending on this mindset. And it, I believe it's starts with your mindset and changing the way you're thinking in order for your body to be healed or even to have a successful business. That's true. I want to back up a little bit because you, you mentioned about how you were sharing your story a lot before you wrote the book. So how are you getting your story out before the books? 
Really, I was involved in a lot of churches. And so the church I was involved in, I kind of just started there and they had like a mom's group. And so me being a female and me being a mom, I was like, that was a good way to speak. And I spoke at my first, like, I guess a mom's group. And there was probably only about 50 moms there. And wow, the turnout and the people want to, you know, the question they're asked, because I'm like, I had, you know, three of my children were born at home, all natural, never had any medication. And I, and to me, it's so natural now just to talk about it. But people are looking at me like, you are crazy, you know? Um, and like, how did you get there? Right. And so again, it's just when people hear and they're encouraged and they feel like they can do it and offer them hope. And so it's very comfortable just talking in front of groups and very comfortable with just telling my message and telling the truth. But churches was kind of an easy way for me to to get in front of a group that way. And then when I felt comfortable doing that, then I got into more like business networking type of things and just got in. Anybody that would allow me to speak, I would just get in front of and just tell my story and I could relate to, you know, people. So I, I love people always had a um, you know good relationship with people so that's just kind of my love there um, and don't be afraid you know a lot of people are scared and they want to hide behind a, <laughs> a TV or they want to hide behind a camera but you know being real with people that's all they really want to hear you know having this fake act and memorizing scripts and people can see right through that. that that's wonderful and I'm glad you brought that up which is exactly why I asked the question because a lot of people are like well how did you get to that point it's almost like you're jumping mid-journey and here's the thing you start one-on-one -on -one small groups, you build relationships with people, you grow comfortable in your own skin, you get the feedback from live audiences and working with customers and clients directly that you won't get just writing a blog post or writing a book. You need to have that exposure to different ideas or where's their mind so you can answer the questions in a way that helps them. And I love that you took this process before you wrote the book because it helps you really refine your message so that when your book came out, it was terrific. Yeah, it's been great. You know, a lot of people have problems and really that's when people are going to really want to know answers or solutions. And if you like, you have a business that has a solution for a problem, you're going to be successful. You just have to get that message out there that you can help them and be truthful. You know, if you feel like you really can help them with whatever problem they have, let them know that this is the steps to take to be whatever, you know, business they are to have that success. And people will give you money. That was always kind of a fear too. starting out. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to charge. And I'll just do this for free. But then I'm like, oh yeah, I spent a hundred thousand dollars in chiropractic school. They they <laughs> <laughs> you know, they made me pay, right? So for all that knowledge. So I need to figure out what to charge people. And that and that's a thing too that you have to be comfortable with. And you have to be comfortable with what you charge for whatever fee, for whatever services that you offer. Yes, and, and there's and there is that, that value proposition there. And you found it. You you have a means to help people and therefore you ought to be compensated for that. And some people just like you said, they just have this idea, I can't sell this. I mean, so and so is broke and they can't help anybody and they can't even, you know, put food on the table. Chances are they're not really as bad off as you think they are. And if it's really that great of a service, you know, I do know some people they offer services uh, on a pro bono basis or, or charitable basis, but generally speaking for business owners, please value your services because you're providing a valuable service. You're providing a solution to a problem. And that comes from experience and from training and from education. So please take that and use what you have and get compensated for it so you can continue to grow because the more you grow, the more you're going to help other people. That's just the way yeah. you know, the world works. Exactly. I would like to go with you. 
a little bit further, you're talking about the books, and I know that you did a lot more than books and talk in small groups. You've been on television and radio and internet shows. How did that process start? Where did you get started with the larger media? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing was starting with the book. It's a lot easier to get on TV when you have a book, and people automatically assume that you're an expert when you wrote a book. <laughs> and you really don't, like I said, if you have a specialty and you have a gifting, if you can somehow place it in some kind of words. When I first got on TV, I really didn't even have the book ready yet. I just had the cover of the book. <laughs> That's how. So I would send um, a, what we call it a segment proposal. And I had the cover of the book and the idea of what I was talking about, but the book was not completed yet. And so I was like, hopefully I can get the book done before I'm on TV. But actually I got on TV before the book was done and we just did pre-orders. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. So, you know, Sometimes you have to envision, you have to vision it out there. You know, I do a vision board and Steve, I don't know if you do a vision board every year, but every year me and my husband, we do a huge vision board in our closet. And right when you walk in, you'll see pictures of everything of what we want to accomplish throughout the year. And I remember one year, this was the first time that I went to San Diego. And for some reason, my husband wanted to go to San Diego. Now we live in Charlotte, North Carolina and San Diego was on the vision board. And I'm like, how are we ever going to make it to San Diego? But it was like in November of that year, we still haven't accomplished that one thing. We accomplished everything on the vision board, but that, and all of a sudden a, an opportunity for us to come to San Diego for me to be on TV came. And that was the first time I was on TV was in San Diego. <laughs> so yeah. here we are in San Diego on TV. And what I did is I just opened up the producers. I found some producers and I basically just emailed them, called them, tell them what I wanted to do. And San Diego was the first one to open the door. So I went there and then I was like, why can't Charlotte, why can't Charlotte open the door? I'm right here. But it took me a while to get into Charlotte for some reason. I don't know why God allowed that to happen. He wanted me to travel a little bit, which was kind of interesting. And so went out to California and Arizona and um, did over, I, don't, I think over 40 TV segments now. And now I do one monthly here in Charlotte. So that's terrific. So where did you find the producers at in the first place? I mean, you, you made the, the first move to reach out to them. You didn't wait, you know, passively for someone to say, hey, I'd like to get Dr. Corinne on television. Uh, how did you make that process work? I mean, I like to fill in the blanks because sometimes it's like, it sounds really simple, but where do we start? How did you find the producers and where did you move forward to? Yeah, so there's this guy, um, his, his name is Clint Arthur. And I ran into him at like a seminar I was going to, and we kind of really connected. And that was his gifting is he knows producers. And so I was like, I really wanted to get on TV. My aunt is Olivia Newton-John. So you would think, oh, just call up Olivia and she can get me on TV segments. No, it doesn't happen that way. In fact, when I told her I got on all these TVs, she's like, how'd you do that? And I was like, oh, you get on t you're on the t Today Show like last week. What are you talking about? And so it was just funny, but you can't, you know, you can't, you can't rely on your family to make you successful. Um, I think that's a big key, right? Because people want, you know, my family, even though my family, I do have a lot of people in my family that's successful and are very, you know, celebrities and stuff, but I didn't want to depend on them. I wanted to do, see what I can do. And so Clint Arthur, he, he gave me the opportunity to open the door to meet with the producers, kind of like what we're doing right now. And I was able to share my story and I got their email and bugged them. <laughs> I just bugged them. <laughs> so I just uh, got on um, just telling my story and they love me. And once they love me, then I had to figure out a time and date and, and go out there. But what I realized was over a course of a year and being on TV a lot, that really didn't make me 
I wouldn't say that made me a celebrity or made me famous. It kind of looked on social media that way, but it didn't make me, in fact, my patients were scared. They were like, oh my goodness, don't leave. Don't get too big for us, you know? And, and, I, and I never wanted to get this like big head, you know? And, and that was one thing that I have learned from Olivia is that even though she's very famous, she's always been humble about what she does. And so that's one thing that I've tried to keep, you know, intact is that no matter how big you end up getting, remember where your roots are and where you came from and be, like I said, being real and truthful to people. Cause that's where you can lose people when you get too big. Right. And, and not being again, truthful to that person that you can help eventually. Right. Yes. Thank so. you for saying that. that. That's great because there's going to be people listening to this show that uh, they're going to be huge. And I, and I hope when you get huge, you're going to remain humble and remember, look, nobody gets there, you know, yes, we want to stand on our own two feet in a sense. And we want to make our own way, but at the same time, <laughs> we're just people. We are we're, just people. We're helping each yeah. other and we're trying to make it in this world and help other people as we go. And so we're, don't get a big head. That's just, you know, be humble. Right. I love that. And I don't need to say anything else and beat, beat it up, but just you know, be humble. Some of, some of my favorite people are actually very well known in the industry, but yet they're very humble and, and very, you know, down to earth. And that's exactly the way you want to be. I, I appreciate that so much about people that big, get success and they're not all about the Lamborghini or whatever, the big flashy. They're talking about, you know, just be real. I want to be a family guy. I want to be a family mom, uh, whatever it is. Be the person that you ought to be. And that'll help you. I want to see you talk. Because people think about money a lot, you know, and it's not, it's not money that's going to make you happy. And and it's not being on TV that's going to make you happy. You know, if it's to be, it'll, it'll, it'll line up. But you have to have, when you make money and you're on TV, it has to line up with your purpose and your mission. And so if you're doing it to make yourself famous, it's going to, it just doesn't work as good. But when you're actually working to help other people and loving on other people, then it's a lot easier. Things just flow more naturally. So that's a key too. And I had to learn that, you know, I was, at first I thought I was, I didn't think I was doing it for myself, but I felt like I had to do it for people to kind of like recognize me. And then I realized I really didn't really have, you know, needed to do all those things, but I'm, I mean, I'm glad I did. It was a really growing and learning experience. With all that being said, I've reached so many people because of it. Just started my podcast too, Steve. That's awesome. And, um, to, you know, talk to people from all over the different countries, not just the U.S. and people that reach out to me in other countries. How can I help them out? And a lot of it's just the words that I use that we can use on podcast. And and maybe it's something they do read that can touch and change their life. And so that's what it's about is showing that love and that healing message that I can bring about to people. That's great. I do want to talk about something else that you had mentioned earlier about how your patients were worried you're going to get so big. And that's what I was getting at before. And I kind of got off track a little bit of my brain and got a brain cramp and forgot what I was getting to. But I wanted to get back to the point of, you know, you mentioned about your patients were concerned that you're going to get so big, they're going to be left behind. And I think that's a really an interesting thought. So how did the the books and the media appearances affect your local business over the long run? And, and how has that affected your patient relationships? Well, at first it affected my relationships with the, my patients because they were scared, you know, because I had a really successful practice and I was like, oh, I'm going to go. And, you know, they knew I was writing a book and they were all proud. Most of them were really proud of me for writing a book and traveling. But there was a few that were like literally holding on to my leg when I would come back to the office and they're like, no, you can't leave. You're the only, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't, I didn't even think about them thinking that I was leaving them. And I was like, no, I'm not leaving you guys, you know, just opening these doors. And so I had to rethink it and re-speak it of what I was offering because I didn't want them to feel like I lost, you know, was leaving them and abandoning them. 
some of them felt that way. And so I had to come back and kind of regroup. And so last year I didn't do any travel. I didn't do any traveling. My husband's like, you're not traveling at all. Cause I did travel a lot the year before. And I said, okay, I'm going to just, you know, just hang tight here and be more of a mom. Cause I got three children and we just took it really easy the last, this last year. And I built up the practice again. And, and then this coming year, a guy really kind of spoke to me and said, you really need to get back out there again. You know, it's like, I don't know if you know Billy Graham. Yes. Um, he's one of my, I, you know, obviously he's passed away, but you know, he just was a farm guy, right? He was just a farm, uh, born on a farm around here in Charlotte and able to speak to millions and billions of people just about God's love. And so I have that in, inside me. And so once my patients really understood that I wasn't leaving them, I was actually offered them more from these experiences that I was gaining, they, it was kind of a new transition that I made into the office with, like I said, doing podcasts. And now we have like an online community that I have. And so I'm able to give them more information than they were able to get with a five minute chiropractic visit. That's good. So how does that work? The the community online, are they more active in there now? Are you building a better relationship with your patients or is it more of them communicating with each other, a little bit of both? It's both. Yeah. It's this great community that we have now that they're sharing information. A lot of people can learn from their, you know, questions that I get to answer. And so they're, they're gaining a lot more knowledge than it was if I was just one-on-one with them for five minutes. And so I get on there once a week and we do a lot of um, question and answer session. And so we're able to open all these uh, um, questions because a lot of people have questions about health, you know? And so, you know, we're able to open that door and they're like, Oh man, that maybe wasn't their problem, but maybe my son was having this issue. Now I'm going to try this for my son to help them with this health problem. So um, it's been really opening the doors for that. And my patients are really appreciative of that opportunity that they have now. So do you have people that are not your patients that come into the community too, or is that really just your own patients? Yeah. So that's people that I've never really personally met, but I have seen, uh, you know, online through social media. And that's, what's amazing with technology today is that we can talk to somebody across the country, you know, in country in Australia and in Canada and all different kinds of other countries that I'm able to relate to them and talk with them without really meeting them in person. So do you do it like a Facebook live or do you do any, ever do any webinars or how do you, how do yeah. you communicate? I like using Ecamm. Have you ever heard of that? I actually have not. It- Okay, it's E-C-A-M-M. You have to have a Mac to use it, though. So kind of limited if you don't have a Mac. I guess if you don't have a Mac, I don't know what else you could use. But I've been using that one, and I love it. It's just really simple. And so you can do a Facebook Live, and then you can also do, like, PowerPoint presentations and bring it up. And then you can have multiple people on there seeing them and interacting with them. And it's it's probably the best thing that I have found um, with technology to do something like that. Zoom, I know you can do Zoom. That's what we're that's what we're using today. Yes. And I've and never really webinar is another one that people use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those other options, but eCam is good for live. So you can also record it while you're performing it. But I like the live version so good, and that's why I love live TV. So every time I'm on TV, I always request that I do a live instead of recording because I always want it to be real and live at that moment. And so that's that's why I enjoy the most is, is doing those live events. I wanted to talk about something else as well. You started kind of as a solopreneur, but mm-hmm. now you have a larger practice. When did that transition happen? And, and what was the tipping point that made you go, I need hired help that made that transition for you? Where, where did that happen? 
you'll know. (laughs) (laughs) It's when I was pregnant with my second child. (laughs) And that was when I knew I needed to hire another doctor. So I hired another doctor when I was pregnant with my second child. And now I have a third doctor. So there's three doctors now work in the office. And mostly the two doctors do majority of the chiropractic portion. And I'll just kind of meet in and see how things are going because I do a lot of things again on the live exponent and still speaking a lot. So, you know, that component of it has really kind of opened up the door to be able to hire, you know, new people and get the right people and having the right staff is very important. Well, we don't call them staff, we call them team players. But, you know, that, that kind of came about when you know you can't do it all. So, I mean, I could run a lot of things and I could do a lot of things, but I realized you have a breaking point. And usually it's, if you're, if you're married, your spouse will tell you to. <laughs> so my husband was like, all right, hon, I need, I need some time here. And so we got to figure out how we can carve some time. And so family time is really important to me. So as soon as I felt like an overload, I knew that I needed to find a new person. Very good. So it's interesting because a lot of solopreneurs, they don't ever want to hire anybody. But in the case of, of a doctor practice, it's not like you're going to do a 1099 probably. Uh, that's going to be a little bit different situation. So obviously you have to tailor your business to who you're serving and, and how you're serving them. But I, I think it's important to realize that even if you're a solopreneur and, and you're not going to hire a person like a W-2 employee or what have you, you can certainly reach out and have help. And that can be a virtual assistant. It can be, you know, it can be a 1099 person that maybe works offsite or even onsite, whatever works for you. Just be open to the possibilities and don't say, well, I'm a solopreneur. And so I can't ever, you know, hire help, hire help when you need it. And like Dr. Corinne said, you'll know when you need help. And I, myself, I've, I've hired help even recently for different tasks that are just beyond my skill set or just aren't my, in my wheelhouse of, of specialty. And so I look for help when I need it. It's good to know when you need the help and also to know what your specialty is, you know? So if you're, if you feel like you can do a virtual assistant, do it. It's very helpful to have that. Did you ever use one or has it strictly been W2 for you? Yeah, I have. There's actually one called, um, it's called Sintuit. It's mostly for chiropractors, but he's actually opened up the door to other businesses. Now there's like real estate. He does real estate now. And I believe there's like essential oils. And I don't know, there's a bunch of other stuff that he's out of open the door, but he does all my social media stuff. And it's like so cheap. I mean, there's no way I could able, you know, hire someone to run that. It's like maybe $50 a month or something. And, and he's able, I'm able to do a campaign in it and it runs my social media. It does my emails. Uh, It's just it's just great. So there's great technology now where you, you can kind of look for those things and whatever you need in your practice or in your business to really be helpful. And there's no way I could sit there and walk and run all that stuff that it's able to offer in that technology. Great tip. I almost <laughs> didn't ask the question. I'm thinking you're probably all W2 and yet you are hiring virtual as well. So that's terrific. I did have one last question for you, Dr. Corinne today. And, and I, I like to ask most of my guests this question. That is, what's next? I mean, you, you've grown a great practice. It's continuing to grow. You're reaching out to media and getting well-known around the country now and perhaps even outside the country. You mentioned Australia, for example. But what's next for you and your business? I am going to continue to write for Breaking Christian News. It is an art like a, there's right now there's only 300,000 probably subscribers. So, but if you are a Christian, it's a really good insight called Breaking Christian News. So I'm going to start really writing for them uh, on a weekly basis for health. And then also uh, really kind of focusing on my podcast. I've been actually a little bit too busy and kind of put podcasts to a side. I did four episodes and things were running and then life got in the way. So I need to be, I want to be consistent. That's my, that's my word this year is being consistent. Um, and so I want to get back and rolling out the podcast because I really feel like that is a great 
stream where people can get the knowledge and to get to know you better. It really is. Where do you, where do people find your podcast at? It's called No More Meds. Uh, I guess it's on Stitcher and iTunes. And really big right now is about cannabis. I keep getting that question. So I did the last podcast was on cannabis. And since my uncle, he's the one that's married to Olivia Newton-John, and they did a really nice article that just came out about cannabis. And, and so my uncle's really trying to get uh, the knowledge out there, how to use that properly, because it's been helpful for, for her and her cancer. So just getting the knowledge more on how to use healthier um, plant-based things and letting, know, letting people know that there is options other than medication. So that's my, my big mission is to help a million children all to get off their medication. And so we can have a healthier generation to come. That's quite interesting. You had that conversation just recently because Sunday night after church service myself, me and a couple guys were, were talking, we had a, a banquet after church service and uh, we're talking about CBD and ashwagandha and, and we just had a, a health conversation and it just came up out of the blue. Kind of funny, the, the serendipity of it sometimes. But, <laughs> That's cool. So. So Dr. Critton, I, I appreciate you coming on today to the show. Where can our listeners find more about you and your books and tell us about uh, how they can connect with you? If they want my my third book that I just wrote, it's a wellness, uh, like a wellness No More Meds ebook. They can go to nomoremedsmovement.com or they can also go to my website, drcorinneweaver.com. Awesome. I will make sure I put these links in the show notes. And if you're listening, please do visit Dr. Corinne's website. She has a lot of great information there. I've already been there. And I just want to thank you for listening today. Dr. Corinne, it's been my pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you, Steve. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. Come soar with us by joining our community at startgrowsoar.com. Again, that's startgrowsoar.com. We look forward to seeing you there.